all hail the king on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a special Sunday edition of the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks so much for making Locked On Aggies your first listen. We're going to get into it. We finally have a decision from Jimbo Fisher. Late Saturday afternoon... Little glimpse into my personal life. I spent most of yesterday at home, not doing a whole lot, you know, ready in case this type of news broke on Saturday, exactly one week away from the opener, the season opener against Sam Houston State. And then within about five minutes of the time I arrive to my nephew's birthday party as he turns 12, happy birthday to him, I open my phone, scroll down a little bit, and there's a tweet from Billy Lucci of Tech who we appreciate very much for all he does. And breaking news, a decision has been made. Haynes King is the starting quarterback for Texas A&M for the 2022 season. Of course, you know, I've been waiting around so I can get you guys a breaking news podcast all day. He breaks the news very shortly after I get after I get out of position for that. That's okay. We're going to talk about it here on Sunday. What does it mean that Haynes King is the quarterback for the Aggies in 2022? As you guys know from listening to this podcast through the last few weeks, um, my position has always been that Haynes had a little bit of a lead and that Haynes was the best candidate for the starting quarterback job. And The reasons for that are there's several of them and um, and there's wide ranging in terms of the reasons for that. One reason why I felt like he had a little bit of a lead was just with an understanding of the way coaches conduct uh, practice and the way position coaches like to arrange um, their players within their practices and seeing some of the glimpses of even when Haynes wasn't getting the reps with the first team in the overall seven-on-seven or team execution periods. Um, He was getting the first rep in the individual drills. He was the first guy in the stretching line with the quarterback group, all those sorts of things. There was a chance that didn't really mean anything. I was reading too much into it. Maybe that's still the case, is that it doesn't really mean, didn't mean that much. It was just coincidence. But uh, I've been around enough football coaches and talked to enough people that understand the way their minds work that that's typically how it goes. Um, so Haynes is your guy. And from my perspective, and I'm, I'm assuming that Jimbo Fisher agrees with my perspective here, Max Johnson and Haynes King were very close. But Haynes gives A&M the best chance at winning 10, 11, 12 games and winning a national championship. Max Johnson's going to keep that would have kept them extremely competitive 
they've won they would have won eight, nine, or ten games. They would have maybe won a game or two people wouldn't have expected them to win, but then they would lose a game or two that they were expected to win. Just because Max is a really good quarterback, <clears throat> but he doesn't give the same ceiling that a guy like Haynes gives. He has a, probably a higher floor than a guy like Haynes brings to the table, but he he doesn't have the same ceiling, and that's extremely important. Choosing a starting quarterback, especially at the highest levels of football, is about finding this very, very, very narrow, thin, um, tight balance between who is going to make enough big plays for us to be able to move the ball on offense and win versus who is going to make the fewest mistakes and commit the fewest turnovers and um, keep from beating ourselves um, because that's a huge balance. Some coaches wind up leaning way too far towards the guy who's going to make a bunch of big plays. And that guy makes a bunch of big plays, but he makes a bunch of mistakes at the same time. And you wind up not being able to achieve what your team otherwise could achieve because that guy it takes too many risks and puts your defense in too many bad positions and can't outscore it to make up for it. Some coaches lean the other way. This is generally how most coaches lean. They're going to lean ultra conservative. They're going to say, okay, I, especially in a situation like Jimbo's in this year where he has a really good roster, I know how good my team is. If my quarterback just doesn't get us beat, we're going to win a lot of games and we're going to be okay. And that's what I mean when I say Max would absolutely keep them competitive. Um, if my quarterback just doesn't throw interceptions, just doesn't take the bad sack in the two-minute drill or when we're already ahead and that's really the last thing that we can have happen. What Jimbo feels like he did is he tried to find the balance. We'll talk a little bit more about that balance and why I think Haynes has the opportunity to fulfill that balance here in just a second. But first, um, a little public service announcement. Are you one of those people that thinks it's okay to drive stoned? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You wind up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop hitting yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. So why do I feel like Haynes King provides the opportunity for this Texas A&M team to find that balance at the quarterback position to create big plays, create an explosive passing offense, and even an explosive running off, rushing offense in King's case um, that Max doesn't, while also dialing back on the dangerous plays, the turnovers, things like that. We have only one game of evidence from Haynes King at the college level, one full game, 
And that was a 41 to 10 Aggies win over Kent State last year in the season opener. In that game, King completed 21 of 33 passes for 292 yards and two touchdowns, but also threw three interceptions. So it was the perfect encapsulation of the highs and lows that playing a young quarterback, which at that time he was a redshirt freshman, a second-year freshman playing his first action as a college quarterback. He averaged almost nine yards an attempt, had some unbelievable scrambles, some escapability showing in the pocket, traversed the entire field and picked up a first down on a play that most people thought he would be sacked, made big throws into the intermediate areas of the field, which it's it's easy, quote-unquote, for a quarterback to drop back and throw the deep ball. Hey, I'm going to throw the ball to the sideline on the left side. I know my receiver has one-on-one. I'm going to throw it basically right at the sideline. Either he will catch it or nobody else will catch it. Or it's easy for a quarterback to throw the underneath ball on a quick slant or a bubble screen or an out, a quick out route or a hitch or something like that short underneath areas of the field. The throws that are difficult for quarterbacks to make are the intermediate throws, those 12 to 15 to 20, 25 yard throws, especially in the middle of the field between the numbers or between the hash marks. And Haynes showed the ability to do that on a, on a seam route or two, on a dig route coming inside. He showed the ability to make those throws in those areas. And that's, that's very high level quarterback play that, um, that will make a big difference in how teams can defend A&M when it comes to um, playing against them, especially with the running game that they have with Devon A-Chain and the, the weapons that they have in the, the offensive uh, skill positions. Um, and he even completed a 53-yard deep ball on a deep post um, that – put A&M in scoring position. It wasn't a touchdown pass. It came from like the 15-yard line and threw a three-yard ball. So he played at a very high level, showed some very, very high-level explosive offense quarterback type things in that game. However, he also took two sacks. And one thing you'll learn about me as I host this show longer and longer is that my personal belief and it's backed up by some data, especially at the NFL level, um, and there's lots of research into this, is that sacks are a statistic that is most largely driven not by the offensive line play, but by the quarterback. And by that, what I mean is that quarterbacks can choose different styles with which to play, and that one of those styles involves getting the ball out of their hands very quickly which avoids the opportunity to take sacks. So if we look at the NFL level, a guy like Tom Brady is never going to take a lot of sacks because he gets the ball out of his hands very quickly. He knows where to go to make sure that he's not going to get sacked. A guy like Pat Mahomes, or a, a great example of this on the opposite end of the spectrum, a guy like Russell Wilson is a guy who wants to hold the ball for a long time. He's going to run around a lot, trying to make 
the big play down the field. And because he holds onto the ball for so long, he is going to wind up taking more sacks than a quarterback who doesn't hold onto the ball as long. And so Haynes in the game against Kent State did take two sacks, um, which, you know, in and of itself is not that terrible, but it is something to take note of, especially when you combine that with the fact that he did throw three interceptions. So two touchdowns and three interceptions is not the line that you're looking for when you're trying to thread this gap or thread this needle that I'm talking about in terms of the balance between aggression and protecting the football at the quarterback position and on offense in general. Um, so how does that how does that coordinate to how does that work out to wind up being where we feel like that Haynes brings the most uh, the best opportunity to win the quarterback job? Jimbo talked throughout fall camp, throughout press conferences, anytime somebody asked him about the quarterback battle, Jimbo talked about the fact that the quarterback competition was going to come down to, and the word that he used <clears throat> was consistency. And it's it's easy to look back on that now and say that he was emphasizing to the media there, probably also to his players in the locker room and his conversations with them, that, and, and maybe specifically to Haynes, that what would lead to him winning the starting quarterback position was making good decisions on a play-to-play basis very consistently in order to avoid the big, big negative play. So what that means is that means that if Haynes won the job, it means that Haynes showed Jimbo enough of that focus on protecting the football that he was willing to go away from Max Johnson, who would have been the quote-unquote, safe choice. Like I said, he would have been very safe. Tons of SEC experience, transfer in from LSU, big-time school, played a ton of big-time games, very competitive, showed what he was capable of in the game against A&M last year when he played extremely well against A&M. But Jimbo went away from that floor and picked the ceiling for King. What that means is that it means that either – King did a good enough job in fall camp this year and throughout spring and throughout the bowl practices last year. King did enough of a job of showing a focus on protecting the ball and on not making mistakes. One of the things about quarterback play that's hard is that sometimes defensive players make really good plays. These defensive guys a lot of them are, you know, the guys he's playing against in practice every day. We talked, we spent a ton of time in this show talking about how good the Texas A&M secondary was and how full of playmakers the defense was and how good the defensive line was. And so sometimes those really good players are going to make really good plays too. And you, 
you have to be able to separate which ones of those plays are, hey, that was a mistake by the quarterback. He misread the defense. He threw the ball into the wrong leverage. He made a decision he should have made versus, hey, this guy just made a really unbelievable play. Or, hey, these, this defensive lineman got his hand up, deflected the ball, and the defender won the tip drill. You've got to be able to separate those two. And with King, it feels like Jimbo was able to separate and see that King was not only the most, the one who brought the most explosive ability right now, um, but the one who, but also brought enough of a floor, enough of an ability to protect the football when he needed to, and to know when it was time to take that chance and try to make that big play, or when it was time to just throw the ball away or throw the ball underneath to a check down and live to play another down, that King provided more of that balance than either of his other two options. He probably, based on what we know from the from the two other guys, probably felt like Max provided a very good floor, but didn't provide enough of that explosive playmaking ability. And probably felt like Connor provided a ton of the explosive playmaking ability. That kid is going to be special. We need to make sure we say that on this episode because it's going to be true, and it's going to be true sooner than later. But for now, it is Haynes King's job, and it's Haynes King's team. And Connor is going to be extremely special. He's an unbelievable player. But as a true freshman who's been on campus for eight months, um, it would be a lot to ask that guy to come in and lead this team that hopes to go in a national championship this year. That, that's within the realm of possibilities for the Aggies. Um, it's a whole lot to stick a true freshman quarterback into that environment and ask him to be the guy that takes him there. Um, maybe we see a, uh, a Tua or a Trevor situation later in the season if we get really high-level development from Connor throughout the season. But for now, and I would assume for the 2022 season, it's Haynes' team. And personally, I feel like it's incredibly good hands for this team to be in. Again, we keep talking about how there are these two extremes of the quarterback position, and you almost feel like you have one quarterback on each end, and then Haynes sort of fits in the middle of both. And that, to me, is why Haynes won the starting quarterback job and why he is the best candidate to give Texas A&M the best chance to go make a run at the SEC West, at the SEC as a whole, and ultimately at the college football playoff and a national title. Guys, thanks so much for listening to this special Sunday edition of the Locked On Aggies podcast. I am your host, like I said, Joey Ikes. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes. That's J-O-E-Y-I-C-K-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Aggies. You can find all my work and all my thoughts about the Aggies and Texas A&M football and sports and Haynes King as the quarterback and all of that stuff at aggieswire.usatoday.com. You can find uh, the show on YouTube at Locked On Aggies there as well. Please like, comment, share, subscribe rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, Now that you've made Locked on Aggies your first listen, 
go check out Locked On SEC with host Chris Gordy. He and the local experts of Locked On take you around the SEC in 30 minutes every day. It's Locked On SEC. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great week.